surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. I'm your host, Taylor, and today is a live episode. So that means the audio that you are going to be listening to in a few minutes here um, is audio from an event that was live recorded in early September. And for those of you longtime listeners of the podcast might recognize this conference. I attended it the previous September, so a year ago, um, and it's called Fireside Conference. It is held in Northern Ontario in Bancroft at this magical place called Camp Walden. And last year was very transformative, very, very reflective, um, pretty emotional (laughs) experience for me. And for those of you that this might be ringing a bell, um, Vanessa from The Bachelor also went with me. Um, She was on my season and we went to this conference together and I was there to do a live podcast with Michael Landsberg, um, very, very well known in in Canada, does a lot of work around mental health and, and depression specifically with his nonprofit, Sick Not Weak. And so I did my first live podcast recording there last year and this year went back to do another one. And this year was, it was, it was very different than last year in, in many ways and equally um, emotional and reflective. So the conference really focuses on on connecting. Um, the, the cheesy little saying is disconnect to connect. And it could not be more true. Um, people, entrepreneurs, investors, um, VCs, angels, um, startups, influencers, um, really people from so many different walks of life gather at Fireside. It's a invite only conference. And so, um, it's, it's a it's a it's a good quality good quality uh, uh, conference. I'll leave it at that. But it's uh, it's still pretty intimate. Even at about four or five hundred people, they cap it at, and um, you really never know who who you're going to meet there. And last year, I had the absolute pleasure and honor of meeting the camp director Saul. And every year, he does this um, he does this talk kind of to introduce people to Fireside. Oftentimes, you know. These adults are heading to this camp um, for many people having grown up going to camp. You know, it brings back a lot of these childhood memories. And for people who, like myself, um, never went to camp as a child, it's this very strange new experience. And so, you know, you don't have your phones, you don't have Wi-Fi, and you're really disconnected um, from most of your life in a weird way, almost like going on The Bachelor. (laughs) But it... um, it it really forces you to lean into the discomfort and to be present most of all. So you really are disconnecting to reconnect in this more organic, perhaps authentic, natural way. And 
it brings up a lot. Uh, I think many people are very surprised by this. And it's something Saul brings up in, in his talk. And last year, he he touched on interdependency. And it really struck me. Um, I was recently single and trying to navigate like what it meant to be alone and also what I wanted in a relationship moving forward, like what I wanted that dependency to look like. And it just, it, it, it really, really struck a chord for me. (laughs) Um, and this year coming back to fireside, um, this episode you'll hear in in a minute here is with Saul and we get into some of that interdependency and what that looks like. And, for people who have never met Saul before, he just has such this presence and it's really unlike anyone I have ever met. And part of that's camp, but part of that is also just Saul. So to me, it was super, super special to be able to sit down and have this conversation with him where we get into parts of mental health as to where he's really been a rock for people, not only at the camp as this authority figure, this role model, uh, spiritual guide, but also in his personal life um, of being a rock and being a real source of support for his family, his wife, his kids, his parents, his friends, um, and and how you kind of maintain that and how you then take care of yourself when you are in that position. And being that uh, it's a lot of entrepreneurs that are at this conference, I thought that having this discussion kind of spoke to what you could experience as, you know, as the CEO of a startup, as someone who is, you know, trying to maybe work their full-time nine to five, but also wanting to start off on a side hustle um, where you are kind of holding everything together. Maybe it's just for yourself you're trying to navigate that. Maybe it's for your family. Maybe it's to get people on board with your idea. Um, I felt like this this point of how we take care of ourselves while also being a rock for other people was important. And we also then get into interdependency and what that looks like and kind of the spectrum of dependency. I think for me, I've, I've talked about on the podcast before, of really challenging myself to be more of this independent individual, you know, that in a power couple, right? Like, what does that look like? In a power couple, like you're two separate people, like doing your own thing, but then like you come together to like do some things, you know? Uh, but I think that there's a lot that's left unsaid in that dynamic. And that's kind of what interdependency speaks to. And I won't get super into it now because Saul's going to get into it a little bit more. But um, the last thing I'll add on this here is that we also talk a little bit about kind of just the camp experience. And, you know, most of what Saul works with is is kids who go to this camp. And in, in our Q&A and whatnot, we will discuss a little bit um, what that experience is like for kids. And where kind of the future is going for kids. Um, this this whole episode for me honestly felt like such a such a privilege to have Saul's energy and his time. And um, I really hope that that anyone who listens to this will kind of take an extra extra listen around to this conversation. I've listened to it several times now and um, wish wish I could just go right back to camp now. But uh, 
yeah, I, I really hope that you guys take a lot from this episode and um, kind of feel the feel the impact of of the energy um, as you listen, as I did. Um, there might be some things that you don't really know what we're referencing, you know, like the CL tent. It's just a building at the camp um, and these kinds of things. But this podcast was recorded on Sunday, the last day of the conference, and. Um, you know, we're outside in, in at the camp, surrounded by the trees. Um, you know, no one's on their phones, and it's it's a very special time. So, without any further ado, I will stop talking so you guys can hear how wonderful Saul is and just all the great, insightful bits of of our conversation. So, with that, here it is. Thank you guys for coming and, and sitting out here on this lovely Sunday morning. Um, I'm sure you're tired and uh, tired. So thank you <laughs> for, for coming and um, joining us today. Um, my name is Taylor, and I host the Let's Talk About It podcast. It focuses on mental health, relationships, sex, any kind of taboo topic. Um, I like to have uncomfortable conversations and um, allow my listeners to kind of lean into that discomfort and hopefully learn something or know that they're less alone than maybe they think that they are. Um, so thank you so much, Saul, for coming in and talking to me today. I, I must say that I've definitely recorded with people before that I was really excited to meet, um, you know, that I, that I, that I had looked up to, but I'm honestly like incredibly humbled and makes me feel like so emotional a to know you, but also that you'd be open to, to sharing more of your time and, and your life and your energy with us. So thank you so much. Taylor, the honor is totally all mine. I'm, yeah. I'm just so flattered that you would say that. Uh, when, when I heard that you wanted to do this uh, interview, I was mm-hmm. like, this is incredibly, incredibly humbling. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so for all of you that heard um, Saul last night, obviously amazing. Um, but last year, you, you really, really, it was, everything you said was everything I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this year as well. Um, and I want to start off kind of talking through your name mm. to begin with. Yes. Um, and a little bit of backstory on that because when you told me, I was like, oh, this just makes so much more sense. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah, my parents are very, very special people and I, and I tribute them with a lot of the, the great things and privileges that I've been uh, raised with for my life. And they, they both married older uh, than all of their friends. In fact, um, people wondered, would my shy dad ever marry? Hmm. And people wondered whether my activist, liberal-minded mother would ever marry. But they found each other. In fact, they uh, were engaged on their first date um, and, uh. <laughs> and married six weeks later. Wow. Yeah, my Faster dad... Faster than on The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And with a higher percentage rate. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and they're, they're still living in that home today. Hmm. That's a wonderful story. For, there, there's a longer story for, uh, for another time, but they're, they're, they're a real model for me. And uh, being older and with time ticking, they, they immediately set to having a child. And uh, actually, my, my mother uh, miscarried in her first pregnancy. And um, when, when they reached the eight month of, uh, of my term and realized this is happening... Uh-huh. I, I was that, that cherished baby that, that was to come 
all babies are special. As you know, I have four children of my own. All babies are special. But I think I've set the tone and explained why this was particularly meaningful for them. And they went to synagogue that, uh, that weekend. Um, now we're into the, the time that I was about to be born in another three weeks. And um, the, the scripture, the, the Torah reading that, that weekend was the story of King Solomon. And Solomon is a name. Like, mm-hmm. that is, that is a, a weighty name. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was born three weeks early. I was born a couple days later. And my parents turned to each other and said, this six-pound baby will be named Solomon. Mm-hmm. And he'll, he'll grow into it. He'll, he'll mm-hmm. live up to it. And it was sort of a blessing on me to gain weight as an infant, but to gain wisdom, Sol- King Solomon, if, uh, for those that know the, the biblical story, is, uh, is known for his judgment and for his wisdom. And I, I was Solomon as a, as a child. I was the number one smallest kid in my grade forever, like, like mm-hmm. right through to university. I went through puberty at like 22. <laughs> uh, and I grew a foot and a half in a year, as a matter of fact, 18 inches in 12 months. Wow. And uh, so it took me quite a time to grow into that name, Solomon. Uh, and when I work with kids, you know, they would say, what's your name? I say, Solomon. What's your name, Solomon? What's your name? It's Saul. So the kids know me as Saul. Yeah. But, but uh, my mother, my closest friends, and uh, um, anybody can call me whatever you like, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Solomon, and, and that, that wisdom, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say like I'm the wisest person I, I know, but I don't, I'm not so good at many things. Yeah. You know, here, here I am, owner and director of a summer camp. I'm not a water skier. Mm. I'm not a swim instructor. I'm not a good baseball player. I don't play hockey. But when someone comes to me with a problem, um, I'm one of the people, I think, that can, that can help them through it. Yeah. All right, so we're going to take a short break here, and I just want to share, um, literally, this happened this morning. I was holding Lily, my cat, and was trying to like take a selfie with her at the same time, and Lily is not one that enjoys to be picked up at all, but sometimes I still, I still attempt this, and it was clearly a mistake, and as I was trying to take my selfie with her, uh, my phone fell, like... From from pretty high up, not going to lie. And for like a split second, I was like, oh my God, like what if my screen's cracked? Like, oh my God, I'm going to freak out. And I want to let you guys know that it was completely fine. And my phone did not receive any kind of cracks or any kind of damage because I was using my case to fight case. And I know I've shared this on the, on the pod before, but that feeling of like losing your phone or like not being able to use your phone anymore is terrifying and you know in in a lot of ways but with case defy it's like honestly a super cute case but it also has like military grade drop protection which sounds intimidating and sounds like you know it's gonna be this like hideous like big bulky thing but it's actually super super stylish and chic and is super cute and i absolutely love it so you get the best of both worlds you get military grade drop protection and a stylish phone that like you actually want to kind of show off a little bit. So 
Honestly, if you guys want to check them out, I'm so glad that I had my case to fight case on as I'm trying to like take selfies with my cat who loves me, I promise, but doesn't want to take selfies with me. Um, you guys can go to casetify.com slash Taylor today and get 20% off your new favorite phone case. That's casetify.com slash Taylor for 20% off your case defy purchase. So be sure to check them out. They are super cute and they really, really, really keep your phone protected. So hope y'all enjoy that and, and, and enjoyed my, my story with, with my Lily Billy. And, uh, yeah, we can get back to the show now. I think you, you are one of the wisest people I know. Thank and you. I know you've served as a fantastic, wonderful mentor for many, many people and Stephen here especially. And watching you guys last night, I was just bawling my eyes out because it's, it's so beautiful. You, yeah. you really do, I think when we spoke on the phone a little bit too, discuss this where you're someone that people do feel so comfortable to come to, that there's something about your presence and, and maybe part of it is also just camp, but that's also part of you that you've instilled here. And perhaps it's, it's the Solomon piece too, mm-hmm. um, but that throughout your life, you've been someone that people have, have, have gone to for comfort, for security, for um, support. And I'm curious if we can kind of talk a little bit about what that's looks like for you. I know you've, you've kind of experienced this with many people in your life that are really close to you. Like, um, I think you'd mentioned your roommate in university, your, your mom, your wife's, uh, your children, um, of being that person, that rock for people who are struggling with things like mental health. Yeah. Uh, firstly about, about camp and Steven, it is a very, very special relationship that we have. And, um, I think we're, we're drawn to the things we're, we're good at and passionate about. And then we become good at and passionate about the things that we're drawn to when things go well. Mm -hmm. I think that's true about people, about our professions, when things are, are going well and we're attentive to the feedback we're getting from the space, the place, the people that, that we, 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 we nurture those relationships. I, I wish upon everybody that we nurture those relationships that are good for us, that, that give back to us. And like Paul versus Stephen, um, when, we, when we took over Walden, he was the very, very first young staff member. It was, it, I'll just speak for a minute about this. When we took over Walden, we took over from an icon in Canadian camping. You just got the CD last yep. night, uh, Ted Cole's CD. That was originally a record. And you'll, you'll, it will come through the speaker, mm-hmm. the icon that was uh, Ted Cole. So to step into his footsteps, he chose us. Um, and still, when we took over, it was hard. Change is hard for people. Change is grief. Change triggers all the relationships people have with, with the changes that have occurred in their life. Um, but amongst every group, uh, there's, there are sometimes early adopters, people who are passionate about what's, what the p- new potential that change brings. Yeah. And that's who Pulver was. Pulver came to me and said, I'm passionate about Bob Dylan. I, I want to I tell you all about music. Um, the music at this place is, is so important. I want to be part of where this place is going. And uh, a common interest in music, a common love for this place, and it's been a brotherhood ever since. Yeah. Uh, love you, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I, I, I've noticed a trend, which is mm-hmm. that people in need come to my couch. And I don't mean that in the psychiatric sense. Mm-hmm. I mean they're those Ikea pleather couches that are in the CL yep. are 
is model two of model one that has been sitting in my office at Walden here for 15 years. We, we actually bought it for the, uh, when we expanded the, the city office and I moved it up to camp. And, and that's the crying couch, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. People who are in need are drawn to me um, to talk it through. And again, this is the, the weighty responsibility. My sister likes to say I'm the king of speaking with conviction, speaking with, with total um, confidence, even and especially about the things I know nothing about. <laughs> um, but camp is that forum. It's, it's not therapy. It's not professional advice. But uh, camp... A day is a week, a week is a month, a month is a year at camp. It squeezes, like you just got here four days ago and we've had a lifetime of experiences. But time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, but so much has happened all at the same time. It's It's been the snap of a finger and it's been a, a, a rotation around the sun all at once. So camp brings out all these life issues in a compressed period of time. So here at camp, people are drawn to the couch. But even in my life, people are drawn and I am drawn to people who are experiencing in particular emotional need, mental health need. Um, yes, I grew, grew up, as I, as I mentioned, with two amazing parents. My mother, an incredible person. The first to, to proclaim that she um, struggled, then coped then lived with and now thrives with, thrives with her mental health issues. Um, and that, that set the tone. The, the breaking plates set the tone for... It gave me the, the training. Yeah. Well, we didn't see it that way at the time. Yeah. But it gave me the training to, to see the good in people who are breaking plates. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The yelling, the screaming, the, the door closed. That's yeah. harder even than the breaking plates. Mm-hmm. The door closed. The naps. Yeah. That was the training for me. You're very good, Taylor. <laughs> it's all it's coming all out. It's all you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the training. My mother's incredible. My mother's mm-hmm. incredible. She would be okay with me sharing her story. Yeah. She, if it helps other people, she would be okay with me sharing. She is okay with me sharing her story. And it's talk also about your it story. That's, that's true. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's true. Um, those closed doors, that was the, that was the training for, for me. And yes, my best man, my best friend, um, the, the people who come to the couch here and, and my, my partner in life, my incredible, talented, brilliant, and at times suffering, um, I'm trying to fill in the word, but there is no single word, spiritual warrior that is my wife, Jen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's, she's struggled. We all, we've all struggled, mm-hmm. but she's, she's struggled. She's struggled. Yeah. Um, yeah, those people are, are orbiting around me in my life. And I like to think of myself as the rock. I remember mm-hmm. like the rock for them. When we were on the phone together just for a few minutes last week, um, I said, I don't have mental health issues. It's everybody around me that yeah. has mental health issues. And I gave that a little more thought. And, and really what I teach at Walden is show me someone who's physically healthy, perfect, right? We all get the common cold. Mm-hmm. No one among us is physically healthy. We are, we are some of us... Some of us are defined by our disease. Some of us struggle with the major issues. Some of us cope 
And some of us live with a little pain in the back. Some of us are pretty healthy and we get sick from time to time, but no one of us is perfect. Yeah. And I think that's exactly the analogy for mental health as well. Yeah. All right. It's time for a short break here with a amazing, amazing, amazing sponsor that I really want every single one of you that's listening right now to check out if you are not currently already in some kind of therapy. So I've talked about them before on the podcast and absolutely love having them as a, as a sponsor. Um, and I want to talk and share with you guys a little bit more about BetterHelp. Uh, so for people who perhaps don't you know, feel like they have the time to necessarily prioritize going in and seeing a therapist or if they travel a lot um, and really just need like a super flexible kind of schedule, then I think BetterHelp Online Counseling can be super beneficial for you. So it's honestly, it's it's licensed professional counselors who specialize in a variety of issues um, that you can, you know, kind of get paired up with. You take a short quiz and then they pair you up with a counselor that you'll likely love. And one of the awesome things too, that kind of takes out some of the awkwardness of in-person therapy is if you're matched with a therapist and you're not really vibing it, you're not really happy with that specific counselor, then you can just request a new one at any time with no additional charge. Um, and really just do it at your own time, at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, and then you can chat and you can text with your therapist. So I want to be clear, it's it's not a crisis line, but it is, you know, continuing therapy online. Um, you can start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours um, and really, you know, it, it's also pretty affordable. So uh, with all of that, I'm also going to make it even more affordable for you, for all of you. So uh, you can now, let's talk about it. Listeners can get 10% off your first month with discount code TALKABOUTIT. So why not get started today? I mean, really, there's, I'm sure many, many things happen in your life that might be causing some stress or things from your past that you feel like are coming up now and just needing a safe, you know, third party unbiased person to sit and process through these things with. So go to betterhelp.com slash talk about it. You simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and then you get matched with the counselor that you'll love. So again, 10% off your first month with discount code talk about it. Head over to betterhelp.com slash talk about it once you're done with this episode. And now we can get back to the episode. And then when you're done listening, go check out BetterHelp. <laughs> So what does it mean to you to be a rock? And I think a lot of people here, whether they're running companies or they you know, are managing relationships in their lives, at some point feel like maybe they need to be the rock or they literally are the rock that like holds a team of people together. Um, and I, I'm always curious to see how people actually define that. So for you, what does it, what does it mean? What does that look like to be a rock? The rock is... Um is many things all at once at first and 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 it's it is temporal like mostly and i think the it's not a rush to be the rock but the but the the pride and it's that's the better word the pride of being the rock for the camp the rock for the family the rock in a partnership mm -hmm. it's a source of great pride the rock is the rock is right here the rock is is um Unchanging, although we know it changes incrementally over millennia, but yeah. but seemingly unchanged, which means it's stable, yeah. dependable, consistent. 
oftentimes logical, scientific, reliable, verifiable. And there's a great pride in knowing you get the same answer from me on a Monday and on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's most of it. That's most of it. A great sense of pride. A great sense mm-hmm. of pride. I feel that most of all in my family. Mm-hmm. Whole, whole, being, being the weight that holds... What is weight? The, the word weight is a gravitational term. It is the thing that pulls down. Yeah. And that's... That's mainly what the feeling of, of being the rock is. But with that comes um, difficulties or, 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 or pairings. Yeah. I mean, the, the rock, the, you don't, it's hard to open the rock, even if a gem, many of these rocks, by the way, are, are solidite inside. They're beautiful mm-hmm. gemstones inside. They're all around Walden. There is, you'll pass a princess satellite on your, on your way out. This entire area is, is covered in these gorgeous gems hidden within the rock. But it takes immense force mm-hmm. to, to open it up. Yeah. Um, the, the, rock, the, the rock doesn't dissolve, right? Crystals dissolve. The, the rock doesn't dissolve into, into the space. It's hard, it's hard for me to... to um, to truly feel what everybody else is feeling. I often feel like I, I, ex- I hold up the camp or hold down the camp, hold down is the better word, hold down the fort, hold down the camp so that everyone else can enjoy it. Yeah. I often feel like I hold down the family so that everybody else can enjoy it. Um, so that's, that's the hard part about being the wrong. I wouldn't trade it, trade it for anything. Yeah. Um, but I would say that I've reached a point in my life where I'm trying to keep looking at that rock. <laughs> um, yeah. I've reached the point in my life where I'm trying to um, get the best of both worlds, let the gem come through. Yeah, the, the word that, that sticks out to me in, in what you just said and, and that kind of loops back to what we spoke about earlier was the weight, um, that there's the weight of, of Solomon, there's the weight of, of being this rock, and... It, Literally, like you said, the, there's so much in there that isn't necessarily coming out because you are that depend that dependability, you are that stability for everyone else. And what? How do you kind of manage opening up yourself? Um, we, you know, you spoke about being dependent on people and how that can be a really beautiful thing. And and often. We categorize ourselves into one of two people. We think we are people who give help, and we are people who need help. Mm. Um, mm. And yeah, really, we're we're both at, at different times right. in our lives. Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of like shame and and, and guilt and, and ego that comes into to both of those. But um, I think oftentimes we struggle when we are that rock to open up and to have that level of vulnerability to actually allow someone else to be there for us? Yeah, that is, that is um, a, a, an excellent way of looking at things. Um, and it took me a, um, a long time to figure that out. I, I, back to my parents, my, my dad, very logical, also the rock of the family, mm-hmm. um, the, the lawyer, the, the legal mind, uh, my mother, the artist, the musician. So from a very early age, I, I knew there was like two people inside me. I, I, I don't mean that in, the, in one sense. I just mean that two influences inside me. You know, I'm the, I'm the actor on stage. I'm the, I'm the piano player, but, but I'm the, the math guy, the chess guy. And, and, and so I'm, 
I have been able maybe more easily than most to go in and out of, yeah, the, the unfair bifurcation of the world. But, but still, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of grounded in this, in this rock side. Um, I, I said to you on the phone, like, I, I, have, I share. I, mm-hmm. I like to talk. I like yeah. to share. Sometimes I even overshare. I have this emotional side. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of my insecurities and a lot of um, my issues with shame come from a lifetime of being the smallest, mm-hmm. uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, way beyond uh, uh, the, the time that, that, uh, that everybody else grew. So I, I, I kind of enter a lot of situations in my life um, feeling small. Yeah. Um, and I often have to pinch myself and remind myself, like, no, like, the buck stops with you here during the summer. Like, you're the boss. Like, you're the, you're yeah. the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so how, how I, I, I guess I, I have a starting point, which is I'm quite, I'm quite aware of the fact that, that I've got my own issues. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to the, to the people here in the audience and, and out there listening, um, it, is, it is incredibly important to release the pressure if you are the rock to continue that metaphor of your space. Mm-hmm. Um, rocks are created under pressure. Pressure is what... Um, time pressures... Financial pressures, social pressures are the influences that have moved me along in my life in, in many ways, deadlines, etc. But if there is no place to put that pressure over the long time, it is a disease. It is a, it is a toxin that will, it is a cancer that will, that will continue to grow. How? Uh, so I, I, I talk. I, I talk with people. Um, I'm a humongous fan of therapy. I have a therapist of my own. Um, and you know, we before the interview, we were talking about talking to your partner, yeah, and how that's a whole other ball game in some ways because mm-hmm. your partner has skin in the game; yeah. they are influenced. Like I, I talk a lot with Jen. We talk. That's all. That's what we do for fun. Yeah. Um, our, our ritual, and you're, you're in a long distance relationship, mm-hmm. and when it, we we are in a long distance relationship uh, annually, cyclically, yeah. uh, Jen and I, and um, we we believe strongly in ritual. So we like to have coffee together in the, in the winter. Our coffee together is a way of saying we're together. We're here in the same space. But now that we spend some time during the summers apart, Jen is not here all summer, um, we've, we FaceTime and have coffee together. Mm-hmm. Like the ritual is so important. What are we doing with coffee together? We talk, we analyze, we analyze other people, we analyze systems, we analyze. And for the for the... The startup founders or the startup presidents in the in the in the audience, like we start, Jen and I start by talking about other people, the the, yeah. the system, the ecosystem, but it always swings back to us, mm-hmm. and that's and that's my opening to share. Yeah. Um, so I believe in therapy. I believe in speaking very very openly with uh, with partner spouse. I mean, Jen has taught me the the um, amazing value of movement and flow. Uh, for her, it's yoga, and, and, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a very advanced beginner yogi. Um, uh, I'm at the top level of beginner. <laughs> yes. Um, so I believe, I, I believe in that the body plays a role. I used to think this is something my dad taught me, this is something you think through. Mm-hmm. You think through your problems. Yeah. And, uh, and Jen once suggested to me, like, why don't you move your body first and see 
see if maybe the thoughts start going through a little bit more smoothly. You know, flow, it's called flow for a reason. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that is very, very true. So those are, I mean, obvious answers that we're all mm-hmm. talking about in, in society today, but I just want to sort of put my tick in, in, in that vote that it doesn't have to be more complicated. It doesn't have to be more complicated yeah. than coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It's just coffee. <laughs> it's just coffee and yeah. it's everything all at the same yeah. time. It's, well, I think it's, it's really just being. It's, it's making the time. It's being dedicated to that moment. Um, and I think that's a lot of what being here at camp teaches you to do and teaches you to, to get more comfortable with. Um, On this topic of coffee, I'll say, and related to exactly what you just said, we, we, have, it's, it, we have coffee so many times when it's easy, mm-hmm. but we also have coffee when it's hard. That's, that's, I think that's the real point I'm, I'm making about ritual. Mm-hmm. And, and ritual and religion, like you, 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 go, you go there even when you don't have the time. Ritual in family, I go to, I go to Friday night dinner with, my family goes to Friday night dinner with my parents, like whatever's going on, whatever the snow situation is, you know, of course, yeah. uh, if it's safe. Um, and, and we have the coffee when it's hard. Sometimes she uh, hits the espresso holder, holder even harder than normal. And I know we're going to have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to, and sometimes I do too. She makes the coffee. Yeah. Um, uh, but those are the most important coffees. And sometimes we sit in silence. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's tension. And sometimes those are the most important coffees also. So like you say, it's going into the space. It sounds so romantic and so lovely. Like, yes, yes we'd be together. Be together with the person you love and talk it through yeah. and communicate. It sounds so easy. It's quite messy sometimes. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a hot mess. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, it's a hot mess 37 to 89% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's beautiful life. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful life. Yeah. Life is messy and remarkable all at the same time. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a short break here. Um, I want to share, again, a sponsor that I absolutely have been loving and is kind of like all the buzz now talking about CBD. Um, but with Hemp Fusion, it is not just CBD. So they add in other things like omegas. And one of my favorites is um, they have like a liquid dietary supplement that you can do. So I actually have a vegan formula and it helps me focus with um, it kind of is targeted for mind and body balance. Um, and so mine, it's actually, it's like I said, it's liquid um, and it's citrus ginger with turmeric. And not only does it taste delicious, I can put it like in water if I want to, but I just take it plain. And it just kind of helps me like get a little bit more focused, feel a little bit more balanced, um, not as like stressed out and I've just really, really been loving it. And I also really appreciate that it's natural ingredients and it's vegan. So I I love that. I'm not big into taking pills. And so I love the fact that they offer it in different forms. So 
They also ship online and like any kind of natural product retailer near you and they ship anywhere in the U.S. So I want to help you guys out if you're interested and I think you should check it out. Uh, you can use promo code TAYLOR for $20 off your first order and free shipping at hempfusion.com. That's promo code TAYLOR. You can get Hemp Fusion shipped anywhere in the U.S. And don't forget to use the promo code TAYLOR for 20% off your first order and free shipping at hempfusion.com. So I hope y'all enjoy that. I don't know if you could hear that, but that was my finger guns that I'm snapping. So (laughs) yeah, that honestly... I, I should actually probably take mine now before I continue. And it's um it's actually it's got black pepper and clove and sunflower oil. It's quite delicious, honestly. And I could keep going on and on and on, but we can uh we can get back to the show now. Part of what I find so so beautiful about this conversation and even a lot of what you talked about last night, um, is and, and some of what we we've talked about here too of Having such this, I mean, I'm American, uh, but I believe it's the same kind of okay, uh, culture, <laughs> culture in Canada um, of having such this strong sense of individualism, right? And especially being entrepreneurs, being in startups, right? Um, that there is such this strong sense of individualism, and so when there are those moments of tension or the, of silence, that it's um, that there could be some distance there and some avoidance uh, because that just feels like it's it's not not your problem maybe right um, and i think it's it's so beautiful how you how you have shared and and, and taught so many people about this concept of, of dependency as as a non-negative toxic uh concept right um yeah, and, and I am curious if, you know, um, I have no idea how much time we have left. Um, yeah, I've, but... <laughs> I've totally lost all track of time. Have you been? Yes. <laughs> um, but I am, I, I am fascinated and I, I value this conversation around dependency so much because so many of our, of our struggles with mental health and with our relationships and with life is this sense of feeling like we're alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alone, on your own independent, individual, all words that sound similar, but, but really are different. Um, yeah, as, as you know, uh, I'm a math guy, so I think in Venn diagrams, I see marriage relationships as overlapping circles, mm-hmm. totally, totally overlapped together. You lose the, the self, totally apart. There really isn't something called a relationship. Um, the beauty of relationship is when Jen and I feel like we are are overlapping and and it can be I can interpret that on so many in so many different dimensions and by the way these circles are constantly moving and we Jen and I in our relationship we we are always playing with this phrase like take time for me or do what's best for me or do it for me like speaking about ourselves there is a there's almost the shame or this taboo around being selfish mm-hmm. and selfish is a bad word to describe someone as selfish. Yeah. There isn't really a good word that I can think of, but there should be to mean taking an appropriate resource like time uh, for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and um, it's so important. Mm-hmm. I, I when when I I'm a romantic like the Disney movie. Yes, the Disney movie view of romance mm-hmm. i uh the, the the princess and the prince and 
I, I believed I was all in when I'm still all in. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but my concept of being all in in our early days of our relationship was joint. You know, the, 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 the image of the joint bank, bank account on all things. We should like all the same things. And, and one time, and I, I, I really lived that, lived that, like not for, not for 10 weeks, not for 10, like for 10 years, that was my concept of the relationship. And, and then Jen had to say to me, we don't have to like all the same things. It's okay if I go to this particular yoga class and you don't, aren't interested, and you aren't interested in that. And I would say like, but I'm interested in being with you and liking the things that you like. I will (laughs) like, and and I truly have that ability. I can like anything. I will like, I, I, like there's nothing I won't eat if Jen says, but I like this to eat it with her and and to enjoy it with her. I just, I have that, that ability, but there, she's enlightened me to the fact Mm -hmm. That I've got some work to do. Yeah, that might be a little bit of like people pleasing in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and so I got I like she encourages me to like like no, but what do you mm-hmm. you like? Yes. I like what you like. Yeah. Um, uh, so so I, there's definitely a space mm-hmm. for you your own circle, but what you're asking me about is the overlap. And it's, it could be an American thing. It could be also a big city thing. It could be, you know, the way of the world thing, globalization. We're all focused on our own needs and, and so on. It's very competitive, the economy. In Canada, we, I, I'm a proud Canadian. And in Canada, we have, um, we don't have national service like I talked about last mm-hmm. night. But we do have um, a social service concept um, that, that I'm very proud to be a part of. Um, a love for the neighbor. Um, be nice, clear your eyes. Um, um, but being dependent in relationships in all cultures uh, that, that I know of seems to have like this, this negative connotation to it. Quite simply, dependency, dependence mm-hmm. appears to be a bad word. But uh, I, I've, been ser- uh, you know, I've been searching through my life and the, only, the, o- the deepest, m- most beautiful relationships that I've been in and that I see seem to have that as a basic ingredient. Yeah. You make a chocolate, an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie, there are certain ingredients that if you, don't, if you don't have enough salt, it can still be delicious. But you can't have an oatmeal and chocolate chip cookie without oatmeal and chocolate chips. Yeah. Um, and it seems to me like the basic building blocks of deep, beautiful relationships include some sort of getting through it together, getting through adversity together. Now, I don't wish upon anybody to live through a time of war or illness. Sometimes it's an external circumstance like, like war. But, but as we've witnessed so many times this weekend, like those, like those two amazing people taking the vows during uh, Peter's session... Oftentimes, it's one person in a, in a relationship of two who is suffering and who is dependent. Who, if they are not dependent, they're dependent because it's the last resort. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that we wait until mm-hmm. it's our last resort to be dependent. That, that's, that exposes the shame and the taboo. Yeah. There it is. Because it's a last resort, they say, help, 
and someone's there to help them. And a relationship, that beautiful, deep relationship is born or, or developed. Mm-hmm. I, I don't wish the situation upon anyone that they should be de- dependent. That's why, that's why I, uh, uh, people say, well, can you recreate camp you know, in a more sterile environment and can we scale it and so on? And, it's, I, and that's why I joked last night, we don't sprinkle mud in front of the kids. Life provides us with enough hardships. We don't have to create them. We, it's, we go to the Stairmaster, but there's plenty of stairs in this world without it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I, am, I, I, don't, I don't tell you to go out and force dependency. Yeah. But when life, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade with someone you love. <laughs> I never said My that before. <laughs> I, I put out the God. lemons and then I was like, how are you going to resolve this all? <laughs> perfect. perfect. <laughs> so, so beautifully said. So, so I love you, Taylor. Um, yeah, I, I could definitely keep going here. We have about 10 minutes. Thank you, Peter. Um, I want to open it up if there are any questions about anything, really, um, about camp, about your experience, about dependency, about being a rock. If there are any questions, I do want to open it up to that. I forgot that all these people were here. I feel like I just (laughs) went to space and came back. This was amazing therapy for me. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. We have a question. So you get to see kids, all kinds of kids, at their best and at their worst, far from home, and all sorts of difficult things. What's your state on kids today? What have you learned about them? Yeah, it, 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 yeah. What about the kids at this camp, we, right? What have you learned about kids these days? <laughs> yeah, kids these days. Um, there, uh, I have I have high high hopes. I, I have extraordinary hopes. I'm very hopeful for what uh, future generations will bring, especially this next one. My my kids' generation are are fascinating, brilliant, and uh, I I could I will. I will be careful not to speak for eight hours on the topic because I, I could easily. But quite simply, they, if, I, if I could summarize it, they are, they are hopeful, which in this day and age is curious to me. I mean, there's never been... There, life, life has never been better in some ways. Crime has never been lower per capita, per capita. In, particularly, in particular against kids. There's terrible, awful things that happen in this world. But let me assure you, we've, we've read the research, per capita, per child, it's never been safer to be a child in North America. Um, so they have a wonderful life. They're served, they're privileged with a wonderful life in some ways. But the pressure, the pressure placed on kids these days to, to perform, to learn, to score, to spend their time productively, productivity, is, uh, is rock-forming. Um, but also rock-breaking. Um, so I worry. I worry. On, on the one hand, they are sophisticated, privileged, and exposed to tremendous 
tremendous opportunities and so literate, so literate, so so. When I say sophisticated, I don't mean in, in in their clothing and their sexualization, although that unfortunately is true too. I mean in their language, in their in their knowledge of what's available to them, in their in their scientific understanding, in the, the, this idea of going on YouTube and learning how to do it. Mm-hmm. What what amazing capacity this next generation will have. Great things come from pressure. But I, I am very worried at the same time. With, with, with all these tremendous advances come a couple unintended consequences. Just because something is wonderful doesn't mean it might have a couple bad things associated with that we should mitigate or worry about or take action for. And, and, one, and one of the big ones, um, I talked about resilience at length last night, but the other one is, um, is the effects on mental health to be exposed to such pressure from such, uh, at such an early age. And, uh, I mean, uh, this may be provocative. I, I have many views on anxiety, in particular anxiety, which I believe is um, exactly connected to depression. I, I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm not studying it in the lab, but uh, I, I believe we will find that these are very linked. Um, I believe that resilience and anxiety are directly connected. If I, if I don't have the ability to bounce back Mm-hmm. and, and um, shake off hardship or, or damage that's happened to me, then I also start to develop a mindset that I can't. I can't face the world's challenges. 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 Sound like anything you've heard of before? Mm-hmm. That sounds a lot like depression to me. I can't face the world's challenges. So a lack of resilience leads, in my opinion, to issues with anxiety and depression. And that is something we have to be very mindful of in the raising of the next Mm -hmm. generation. Thankfully, I believe we have an antidote for that. And it is the the cheapest, easiest antidote of all time. You you know, whenever we cure disease, the big pharma companies cost billions of dollars in research. The antidote for this in, uh, in our parenting... Uh, I don't mean it's an antidote, it's a cure for anxiety and depression. It's an antidote, it's a preventative measure. It's, and I'm not diminishing the genetic effects and the brain chemical effects, but, but there are things that we can do to diminish the pressure on kids, and it is the cheapest thing in the world, and it's called the playground, the backyard, the neighbor's house, the bicycle, the summer camp. Doesn't have to be structured. You don't have to sign up for it. Doesn't have to be labeled. Put the kids in the basement on a snowy day. Put the kids in the backyard on a snowy day and let them play. And beware to jump in when they are disagreeing. Beware to solve their problems for them. Because if you solve their problems for them, it just reinforces the message you can't solve problems for yourself. I can't mm-hmm. solve problems for myself. I can't solve problems for myself. I can't solve problems for myself. So uh, I have high, to summarize, I have, I, 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 I love this next generation. I love, I've spent my life spending time with this next generation. They are exciting and exhilarating, but let's help them and be careful not to place them under too much pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Question. 
So to repeat the question, how do kids see their future? Yeah, I must admit that um, uh, kids that are sent to private summer camps are a subset of the, of the general population, a pr- particularly homogeneous subset of the general population, usually associated with wealth and privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, so so um, the, the wealthy and the privileged um, are, despite the terrible things happening in the world, uh, are optimistic about, and generally speaking, are, are optimistic about their own futures until mental health um, difficulties come into play. So I, 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 I'm sure mental health distributes across the population. Um, I'm, I do see a particular brand of mental health phenotype in the, in the well, amongst the wealthy, amongst wealthy kids. So it's like I have everything and yet I can't, and yet with it I can do nothing. It's something that I see in some of the kids that I work with here at Walden. Kids generally, my, my own understanding of, of kids generally, is that one of the things that is still alive and well in teenage culture, cultures is uh, that, that, that immortal feeling. I mean... Watch Footloose. We did, the, we did the play Footloose at camp this summer, which reminded me of the age-old tale, the age-old tale of kids these days. I mean, I've been saying that every year at Fireside in a cheeky way, kids these days. But it is the, it is the, it is the trope of the older generation in their frustration, sometimes with the optimism of youth. You think you can do anything you want mm-hmm. is what the parent says to the child. But that's beautiful. At camp, we embrace that. They think they can do anything they want. That's amazing. So with tiny limits and boundaries at camp, which are wide, we, we, we embrace that and feed off of it and if you know if i'm exploring why i love being here it's it's a main part of it is that the reason why i love to spend time with kids is because they believe they can do anything they want so um just to 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 again summarize my answer there are many without privilege there are many without privilege who who um are probably pessimistic about where this world is going there are many with privilege who suffer from the pressures of life or the internal struggles of uh of um, mental health um but i think widely i think widely the spirit of uh of childhood is alive and well beautiful yeah i think we have room for maybe two more questions if anyone has any yeah. Uh, so earlier you mentioned uh, that you described your marriage as two circles that overlap. It sounds like uh, it's up to most, but I would cast a lot of elements of your life for circles that overlap in various ways. I'm just curious about, especially as that uh, what your idea of work life now Hmm. So to repeat the question, what the what Saul's meaning of, of work life balance is. 
So camp um, teaches us to disconnect. We are, all of us are out of cell phone service right now. And this is um, one part uncomfortable and and one part freeing. Mm -hmm. And for each of us, I'm sorry if I just reminded you of that, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully you've forgotten at this point. Yeah, isn't that great? Um, Some of you touched your pocket just now um, or had the phantom vibration or you had that that, uh, image of of next week. Um, I I struggle... I, uh, implied in the in the uh, in the question is help me <laughs> find the work life balance and I struggle right along with you. I mean, our generation, our generation that grew up with the internet um, as it was created, and we know a different way. My dad works forty five hours a week, right, and he was home and is home every day for dinner. Still practices law at the age of eighty two. After 50 years, you don't have to play, pay your uh, law association fees, uh, which is uh, incredible. Did you know that Legal Summit? After 50 years, <laughs> you do not have to pay the bar um, fees. What's it called? Uh, law Society fees. Thank you so much. So he goes to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for eight hours, and then he goes in for a short time on Sunday mornings. Um, and when he, when I came home, when he, when he came home for dinner, he was all mine, me and my sister. We'd go out every evening, not two evenings uh, a week, every evening and play catch or hit the ball with the tennis racket. And he'd hit the ball with the tennis racket to me and I'd catch it in the baseball glove. Um, He's a tennis player. Um, So we knew another way. And for for, for him, the question of work-life balance didn't exist. For me, it is the, the constant flurry of, uh, of, of emails and texts. For me, the biggest struggle, and just to state the obvious, is that so many of my emails and texts are both personal and professional. It's very easy to say, to, to give advice, well, create a prof- professional email and have all your work emails go to that, but it's all one for me, and I see nods in the audience for you. No matter what industry you're in, our friends are the people we work with. And can you get me the thing? And I'll see you at the conference, but it's where I'll make the friends. And there's a work event, but it's kind of social. And it's all mixed together. And people are overseas, and they need contact at all hours. And if I can just get it done in the evening after the kids go to bed. So again, I'm stating the obvious, but I'm just, I'm just framing the question. For me, the the... I, there is everything old is new again. Adults these days. My dad, even though he he operates in a different time, does operate in this time, and his model is not going to be my model. But he's still got a lot to teach his son. Still got to turn off that phone. Turn off. Not set to airplane mode. I got to turn off that phone at dinner. And I'm not home for dinner seven nights of the week. I'm not. But I'm home for dinner the promised amount of times every week. And when I'm home for dinner, I'm home for dinner. All the messy stuff, the homework, and the bath time, and the bat mitzvah prep. And how was your day at school? And the cooking and the cleaning 
the dinner. And whatever that is, whatever that is for you, it's, it's so nice in the Norman Rockwell paintings. It's so beautiful on television. It's so messy in real life. But so wonderful in real life because the messy is the adversity and the adversity is the dependency and the dependency is the relationship and the relationship is the beauty and the love and why we're all here. You, you, you turn on that phone whenever that is and be very careful when you turn back on that phone. Take that breath, that meditative yogi breath. I'm about to turn on my phone, that mindfulness. I'm about to turn on my phone. When I turn on my phone, there's going to be an angry email. It's yeah. going to be 27 notifications. Mm-hmm. Am I ready for this right now? I'm not saying anything. I did, and there was nothing in that answer that's new. But I am, But what's new is the moment I'm giving you the answer. The moment I'm giving you the answer that you read about all the time, how to find a work-life balance. The moment I'm giving you that answer is at the end of the Fireside Conference. At the end of a weekend where you prove to yourself, I can disconnect. It feels good to be away. It feels immediately bad. But if I can get used to it, it feels good. Reminds me of the weight training that I try to do. I hate to think about going. Personally, I don't like to think about going. I don't like to go. I don't like it at the beginning. Somewhere in the middle, I reach flow. And at the end, I'm mindful and I go, okay, it's time to leave the gym. I did it. Parenting and relationships, are not an accomplishment. It's not, it's not a checkoff. But love and limits, love and limits. Joe Cronick, an amazing, uh, an amazing, amazing camp owner of Camp White Pine, passed away recently and, and uh, he developed two words to describe the secret ingredient of leading kids in an overnight camp setting, love and limits. And I think uh, work life can learn from that too. Yeah, beautiful. Um, uh, there's nothing more I could say to that. Um, <laughs> I think we are going to... I have to... a tendency to answer questions fully and to <laughs> render people speechless <laughs> just by virtue of using all the words that exist. Yeah. <laughs> Can't say anymore because actually everything's been said. Well, that's what makes you a great podcast guest. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming and, and listening to all of this with us <laughs> and, and joining us in this conversation. Um, we're going to hand it over to Stephen and, and Daniel to do their podcast now. But thank you This has so been much. a thrill, Taylor. You are an incredible person, a thank wonderful you. fan of Fireside and a beautiful new friend, beautiful inside and out. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. you. All right. Thank you guys so much for making it all the way through this episode. I really hope that this stuck. I hope that it struck a chord. I hope it's going to stick with you. I hope you go back and listen again. I hope you follow up and check out some of the resources in the episode notes to learn a little bit more. I hope if Fireside, if this conversation meant something for you, I really hope that you look into Fireside Conference and apply to come next year. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing experience. Um, I 
I don't ever not want to go. <laughs> every year, like no matter what is planned, it's not happening because I'm going to Fireside every year. So I really hope you guys check it out and that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, I will leave it at this and I'm so thankful for everyone that I've met at Fireside. I'm so thankful for everyone that came and listened to the episode as we recorded it live um, for everyone's presence there. And I'm super, super thankful for each and every one of you that has taken the time to listen to this episode and have us in your ears for the time of about an hour. (laughs) So after this, if you guys have a second, if you haven't already, please head over to iTunes and leave a star rating review. Or you can just, if you have time, put in a sentence or two of some feedback, what you enjoyed about the show, what you want to see more. That would be super, super fantastic. I would appreciate that so much to get that feedback from you all. Um, And I think that's really all that I have. If you guys have any questions, please feel free to shoot me an email at ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. I might not be able to get back to every email, but I do read them. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope that you guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. Share this episode with a friend. Uh, Leave us a, a star rating. Any bit of support helps and is greatly appreciated. And I will talk to you guys next time. This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've shortened the time from harvest to home for our tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So no matter how you shop, you have more time with your fresh produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. And now, shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.